welcome to this episode of Chatting with the Lightkeeper. I'm Edward, and today will be the third and final part of a um, little, little bit of discussion about actually having DS in the real life, you know, in real life and some of the challenges that it, you know, DS presents um, that if you haven't experienced um, will be will be new, unique um, things to uh, to undertake. Um, so in this this final uh, podcast on the subject, uh, we're going to kind of talk about where rubber meets the road or, or sometimes um, where black ice meets the road with and that always presents challenges. Um, so far, we've talked about the um, the need um, to build a relationship, you know, to actually remember that there's there's a whole lot of P in uh, in DS relationships, and that is people. It's it's all about uh, about the people, um, and sometimes that gets overlooked. And then we also talked about uh, in the previous episode the the challenge of being consistently consistent, especially when it comes to the accountability side. Um, how that can can be a challenge, um, and and this time around, um, just going to talk a little bit about life. Um, sometimes that's the biggest challenge with NDS. I mean, think about all the pressures that we face on a daily basis. We have family, we have friends, we have our jobs, we have school, we have kids. Yeah. Um, time crunches, projects to get done. Oh, it's the weekend, and yet, even though it's time off from work, it's still rush to the grocery store, then rush to the sporting event, then there's a family dinner, then there's a birthday party, and very quickly, life can really start to overwhelm us. It it can feel overwhelming just just dealing with with life, and then on top of this. You have a great relationship, but everything that's happening is is vanilla. It's the vanilla world, but the vanilla world is the world we live in. So we have to honor all of those commitments. We have to follow through. We we have to be you know good friends, you know good family members. Um, for those of you that are parents, you have to be a be a great parent. Um, you know it's it's all sorts of things that can occupy our time, our minds. And how do you kind of keep DS going when, when all of this is going on? In, in fact, recently there was a, a discussion um, online about a submissive and and was in a long-term loving relationship with their dominant, and their dominant had worked really hard and had his eyes set on this promotion for a couple of years, and and the dominant went out and and earned the promotion. Um, and along with the promotion, of course, came added responsibilities, um, new new things to learn at work. Plus, he still had to cover his old position until somebody was hired to, to, to fill that. And then when they were hired, he'd have to train them how to do the job. And all the while, he still has to do the new job, learn the new job. And the submissive was kind of on a rant about how they felt that their their dominant was was slipping and, and was letting the relationship 
kind of go because there was so much work pressure and they weren't getting the attention and the time that they were prior to uh, to the dominant getting and achieving this promotion at work. And it can be very, I mean, it can be very easy for that to happen. And it's not that the, the submissive had done anything wrong. It's not that you know, the dominant had done anything wrong. This, this position was something that they had wanted and had sought and, and worked for. And, and now that they had it, they, they want to succeed at it. I mean, that's just, you know, human nature and unfortunately kind of the nature of the beast sometimes with our careers, we want to, we want to do well and we want to advance. And then with that advancement comes new challenges. So how do you know, how do you balance all of that out? Um, is there a way to do it? Um, so even though it's fairly early on, time to get that quick word from our sponsor in, and then we'll come back and we'll, we'll talk about facing, uh, facing the challenges of life um, that DS has to handle. Welcome back. And we were just chatting before the break about the, uh, the dominant who had a promotion at work and and all the stress that that came with it and and how their submissive had taken to the internet to share their frustrations and well the first thing that kind of comes to mind with that is is remember this is real real life here this is not um, fantasies this is no longer what we think something will be like Maybe possibly because it'll be our first time, but this this is real life. The same, all the same pressures and everything else that life throws at your your vanilla friends and family members are are going to come at you as well. Uh, DS is not a superpower, or it's not a shield that is going to protect the relationship from all of the things the vanilla world throws at everyone else. They're they're gonna they're gonna come home to roost, um, and just like every other relationship, it's gonna take dedication, effort, and and a lot of work to keep things going, growing um, in the partnership. And so, in the case of the the submissive, who probably rightly so is feeling feeling possibly neglected, left out, feeling that things were kind of slipping in the dynamic. Um, all very, you know, however, whatever emotions that we feel as people are, are really, they're valid emotions because we're, we're experiencing them. And, and so whatever emotions were tied up in, in that submissives, um, sharing of, of their story are definitely valid and shouldn't be dismissed. But what the submissive should have done rather than taking to the internet to, complain about things um it would have been much better to sit down and have a conversation or conversations plural with their dominant and and work together on on things and and finding out how how the balance can kind of come back to their relationship rather than um kind of going online to i guess in a way you could call it it's not really dirty laundry but you know sharing some laundry uh, it you know, there might have been some helpful feedback given, but unfortunately, most of the feedback that that was related to the story was 
from you know the internet special people who oh you have a bad dominant you need somebody like me oh okay so anyway the the next little thing about life um i live in a part of the world where we have this wonderful phenomenon i guess you could say that that happens in the winter time and if you if you live in a nice warm tropical place where you know, snow and ice are things you don't have to deal with. You've never had to experience this wonderful thing. And uh, it's called black ice, which is a kind of a mistake in its naming because it's actually crystal clear ice that you really can't see until you're on it. And where it really presents problems is for walking, driving. I mean, if you're driving a car down a winter road and you come across some black ice you don't know the ice is there until your car is sliding or if you're walking you don't know you're you're walking on black ice until um, your feet are going like a cartoon character and you are on your way to landing on your butt so what black ice has to do with dominance and submission is that um, all of us are going to go through patches in life where we are going to slip and fall down on patches of life's black ice. Um, it's going to happen. And I think one of the fantasies that's out there in the world of DS is that somehow dominants don't slip and fall. That dominants are these godlike beings that, um, of course, are there when the submissive slips and falls to help them up, dust them off, and, and you know, get them calm, collected, and, and back on the right path. That's, that's what dominance do. But life doesn't just happen like that to just people on the submissive side of the slash, but dominance can, do, and will fall down. And... At the end of the day, a DS relationship is still a partnership. If you're a submissive, there are going to be times when your DS or your dominant, sorry, your dominant struggles falls down and will need you to help them up. Um, just because you are their submissive, it doesn't mean that you won't have to do it. You, if in a long time, long term relationship, you will. You will have to help your dominant up. You may even have to, in a way, dom your dom during these times. Okay, I know you're struggling right now. We need to do X, Y, and Z today. This is what we have to do. You know, there will be times that a submissive needs to take their dominant's hand and lead them. Um, unfortunately, um, great example. Um, although it's not a happy one, um, the death of a loved one. When that happens, you know, there are going to be a need for the submissive, if, you know, if it's the loved one of a dominant, or perhaps even a loved one to both the dominant and submissive, um, the submissive might kind of, might have to take the lead and, and help point the dominant, help keep them on track, on task, because, you know, grief is... Grief is a real mother. Um, so, you know, that's that's just an example of one of those black ice times in life that it's going to happen. And you need to just simply be 
partners first, DS second, and during those times, do what is needed to be done to help your partner, whether they're dominant or submissive or, you know, whatever it is that works for you through those times. Um, you just need to be, need to be a team. Um, and sometimes people who are new to DS or haven't experienced their first in-person lifestyle relationship somehow somehow that that is um something that, that when it happens it's very unexpected so you know if you are newer understand that um yeah you're still going to have all of life's really hard struggles that that all of your your friends and family members have and, and you're going to have to still still come together and face them as a team uh, maybe even for a short while kind of putting putting the ds ds on you know on the side because it's not as important as your partner um so when times like you know life gets challenging time crunches happen um you know there's the times that we have to be partners but but how do we kind of keep you know ds alive during those times just the regular crush of life you know running to soccer practice going to family dinners going to work outings going to work all the regular things that take up our lives how do we kind of keep ds rolling how do we how do we do that um one of the more common methods that that a lot of people employ um, you'll hear them referred to as rituals, um, and they're they're nothing complex. Often they're just small, easy to do reminders, uh, and often they're they're done by the submissive rather than the dominant. Um, there are some who advocate that rituals should be assigned by the dominant to the submissive. And there are others who say that it should be kind of a joint effort, sit down, talk, find out what perhaps a ritual that submissive has had in the past that's worked or what the submissive thinks might work. But they're just little, often daily things um, to kind of just keep, keep DS as a part of, part of the daily the daily grind in a, in a way, if you will, that there, that there's a period of time set aside, you know, every day for a moment of DS. Um, and they're, they're not big. They're just, they're just little things to, to create that reminder that, that DS is a part of it. Um, and I'm going to share some ideas that are out there that, um, that may work as far as rituals. If, if you haven't, haven't heard of them or if they're new to you, um, a common one that is out there. Um, and it's, this one is hard because no matter where you live, you have neighbors and maybe you have kids and schedules may not work, but if, if it all does flow together, sometimes it works where the submissive would meet the dominant at the door, um, coming home. Um, and just kneels for a second. 
um, before they're dominant. Just just a brief kneel to kind of be that reminder of, of the DS component. Um, another wonderful one is at the end of the day, um, the submissive lights a candle. And after they light the candle, perhaps say a poem or have some some ritual saying something that they do to to remind themselves of uh, of the relationship and, and the role in the relationship. Um, another one would be um, the submissive gets up um, and makes sure that um, coffee is made for the dominant in the morning, um, or a special way the submissive you know says good night to the dominant. Um, they're all just little things, but they're just designed to be little daily things. Um, another one that I missed would be um, submissive making the bed every day. Just, just little, little acts, subtle little acts of DS to help keep the relationship grounded and also through the crush of everything else that's going on, that there's a moment of time set aside for DS. And it's something where if you live together, uh, you know, it, it's not a bad thing for the dominant to also have rituals. Maybe maybe they join the submissive with the, the candle lighting and then they both say, you know, a little... Um, whether it be a poem or a saying that they both wrote, just something, if you can do it together, all the best. Um, but it's just, it's a reminder of the daily DS connection that, that's there. So it is not something that kind of gets pushed aside because it was an incredibly busy day between work, school, kids, and, and everything. So it's just, it's a reminder that DS is a pillar of the partnership and the rituals are just a little a little daily project that are done to keep that purpose and that pillar going strong when life is is wanting to to crush it and the other thing that needs to happen in a DS partnership when life is especially intense is to talk openly with your partner whether they're dominant or submissive whether you're dominant or submissive when you sense and start to see the ds starting to to slip away a little bit you know to have a conversation about what's going on in life and how we you know, this is a we conversation. This is not a dominant dictating to submissive conversation. Or it, it's a we conversation where where the partners get together and and have a talk about what's going on in life, and perhaps talk about new ways of of connecting DS to what is going on. And if you do that, you can keep the DS component strong going and, and keep it meaningful and keeping it relevant rather than just doing the same thing over and over and over again 
well, life is always changing. And if we keep doing the same thing, eventually we're going to be doing the same thing, but it's going to be not effective. And, you know, you keep doing the same thing and it's not working. It's, it's bound to break. So you need to talk, have deep conversations and through those conversations, try and implement new things. Maybe it's a new ritual. Maybe it's scheduling time together to be DS. Schedule a night out if you perhaps you have kids. Schedule a night where you get a babysitter and um, head out and, you know, even if it's in the same town, rent a, rent a room for the night at a at a nice hotel and just have time together. And during that time together, it's, it's dedicated to dom, dominant and submissive. It's not necessarily a vanilla date night, but it's actually designed all around DS. It, it takes, you know, mutual effort to do this. It can't all be, it can't be all dominant leading submissive following. Um, it has to be, you know, it has to be a team, a team effort, and, and the submissive has to work with their dominant, um, provide ideas when it happens, talk about it when they see it. And these aren't easy conversations. It's never easy to to tell your partner that you feel that something is starting to slip in the relationship or maybe because, it, you know, it's very easy for humans to take you know, the feeling that um, they're doing something wrong when a partner comes and says, this is happening and and I would like to work to make it better, we can easily in internalize that as I'm doing something wrong and my partner's unhappy. And it's not that they're unhappy or that we're doing anything wrong. It's just they want to make things better. So it takes constant effort and the ability to have conversations like that without taking it as uh, I'm making a mistake or I'm letting my partner down or because all that does is, is add more pressure on an individual and the more pressures we face, you know, eventually our cork pops and, and that's, that's not a fun place to be either. Um, but DS is always going to be squeezed, if you will, by the pressures of real life. And that's kind of where the, you know, the rubber meets the road adage comes to play in all of this, is that it takes effort and dedication to keep the DS component going and going strong in a, in a relationship, because since we don't live in a world that's kink-friendly, um, it's very hard for us, you know, anybody really to truly live it 24-7, if you will. So you have to kind of make time within that 24-7 for DS, especially when you're living together and in a relationship. You know, it's just you have to set aside time and make the effort to keep that keep that going. Um and the other thing is is that within DS there's going to be there's going to be times when 
the lifestyle does need to kind of get set aside. And you just need to be your your partner's person. You just need to be there for them. And not worry about DS roles or if you're submissive, you know, gee, should I tell my dominant this is what we need to do tomorrow? There are times when your dominant is going to need to, you to tell you, you know, tell them what to do tomorrow if you're submissive because they are, they're struggling and, and perhaps hurting and just, you know, discombobulated completely. So yes, there's, there's going to be times when no matter your role, you're going to have to set, set the DS kind of aside and just, you know, be your partner's partner. And then when you get through that, start bringing the DS component back into back into the partnership you know it's it's like that adage about slipping and falling on the ice you know uh, you you slip you fall and and you work with your partner and you you get them back up and you dust them off and it doesn't matter whether it's the dominant that fell or the submissive that fell you're you're there to to partner with them through the fall and the getting them back on their feet and then once your partner's back up on their feet and going again then it's then it's time to bring, you know, the DS back into it and, and go forward. So it's just, it's one of those, one of those common misunderstandings that uh, DS is somehow exempt from all the pressures in life. And it's one of those, it really gets tricky when you're living with somebody daily, your DS and all the daily pressures and the vanilla world are there. So it really comes down to making the effort, making the time. And even if it's just, you know, the little things, the little rituals, the lighting a candle together at the end of the day, or just the submissive doing, doing, you know, a candle lighting or, or making it a point to get up to make coffee for the dominant every morning. What have you, just the little Little subtle acts make a huge difference on a daily basis. So that really will help a DS partnership, um, especially if it's the first time that you've journeyed from a vanilla partnership into actually living with or marrying, getting, you know, under the same roof, a, uh, a DS partner is going to be just all the little doing little things to keep that ds flame if you will burning in the relationship and that's really i think one of the hardest challenges and i, and I think it's it's no different than you know kind of if you hear vanilla people talk about keeping the spark in their marriage it's it's sort of the same thing you're trying to keep that um you're working to keep the DS flame lit in your partnership and it takes communication dedication to do it and it takes it from both sides not just the dominant not just the submissives but it's it's a um, it definitely takes a team team effort to make it through now I know I've talked a lot about um, you know everything being a team effort and how it takes being partners to make it through uh, challenging, uh, challenging times, challenging circumstances um, in a DS partnership. I want to also talk a little bit um, here um, as I wrap up about 
individual effort um, because while it is a team, there are times when it's going to take individual effort to uh, make things happen. Um, if you're a submissive, there are going to be days. Um, maybe you wake up um, on the wrong side of the bed, as they say, or you just are having one of those days. And I think everybody has one of those days where you reach a point in the day and the last thing you want to do is do what you're told or do what is expected of you. You just want to do whatever it is that you want to do. And, you know, to heck with anybody who is trying to tell you differently. And those are hard days because you have a dominant who has obviously has expectations and in fact, they may even have perhaps given you a task to do that day and you just don't want to do it. Um, those days require a submissive to make the choice. And it's not an easy one. It has to be, it's, it's actually a conscious decision that has to happen that says, you know, I've, I've made a commitment to my dominant and I am going to do this. I don't want to do it. I don't feel like doing it. And I want to tell the world to kiss off. But because you've made those commitments, you have to make the conscious choice to go out and honor those commitments and do, and do what is expected or act the way that's expected. Whatever, whatever has, you know, whatever is going on, it takes a, um, it takes an individual choice to, um, to step up and, and, do what is expected. Um, in a way, this is kind of where the whole lightkeeper analogy comes in. Um, behind the the name of my blog and my podcast, and why it's why it's called that, because a dominant is in a way like a lighthouse. They are there to light the way with their beacon, um, light the way that they think is best for the partnership to go forward and to stay on track, and all those wonderful things a dominant does. But a lighthouse doesn't steer a ship. A lighthouse doesn't make decisions on where that ship is going to sail. The lighthouse can just stand there, offer its guidance, and it is up to the submissive who, you know, runs their own ship of life to decide whether or not they're going to follow their dominance guiding beacon. And on those very tough days, it takes the individual choice to go forward and follow that beacon. And those are probably the hardest days because it's, um, you know, it requires making, making the choice, making the effort, especially when we don't want to. Now on the, on the flip side, um, dominants have, have days just like that. Um, and once again, um, kind of going back to that lighthouse analogy, um, being the light keeper, it, well, let's say there's a storm of life raging. It is easier for a dominant in those times to do all the hard work to make sure that their, their beacon shines brightly for their submissive because they can see the, they can see the tempest, they can see the rough seas. Um, and while, you know, obviously the weather and the conditions don't make it easy work it's easier because the dominant knows that they're that they're needed um 
to maintain the light and their leadership. Now, there will be days when dominance struggle with being a leader in the relationship. Um, it's not because they don't want to. It's just like the submissive. They are getting smashed by the storm of life. Um, it, it, it's a very challenging, uh, challenging time. Um, I'll use myself as an example here. Um, in my past, in a relationship, I was having a horrible work day. Um, I had just found out, uh, I believe it was a Tuesday, that by Friday I was going to have to, this is some great corporate jargon here, optimize my staff. And uh, why optimizing sounds like a positive word, what it was really saying is that um, you know, due to budgetary cutbacks, I was going to have to fire people on Friday and I had to decide who was going to stay and who was going to go. And so I'm, you know, very frustrated with this, um, overwhelmed, angry, um, angry at myself. I didn't see it coming, angry that I've got to somehow prepare my staff for what's coming. Uh, but of course, you know, the corporate people above me have said that I can't, you know, whisper or even in the slightest let on that this is going to happen until it happens. But I felt that I had a obligation to kind of hint at what was coming. So I'm racking my brain with trying to figure out who I want to keep, who I can Unfortunately, you know, who I, who can be let go and, um, how I can start to prepare everybody for what is coming, but doing so in a way and in language that if it ever got back to my bosses, they couldn't say that I even broke the spirit of their directive. So I've got all this running through my mind and my phone bings with a text message and it's from the amazing submissive I was with at the time. And we talked a little bit about, you know, having, having rituals in place. And one of the little things that we did was uh, she was very much into always keeping her nails done. And, and one of the, one of our little rituals would be that typically I would choose a color or maybe a style and the, the, there would be a reason behind why I picked what I did. Um, you know, if we were working on something, pick a color that would kind of serve as a reminder of that, or, you know, just a little, just a little thing. And it was one of those little kind of little things that, you know, was, would always be kind of right there right there at the tip of her fingertips as, as a reminder of, of our DS partnership. Um, so I am stressed all out. My phone bings with, you know, have a nail appointment this afternoon. Do you have a color or style in mind? And my first response and one of my faults is that when my stress level goes up, sometimes my filter goes down and I thankfully did not hit send. 
um, because I, I think my initial text that I had started to type was uh, the horrible response of I don't care or do whatever, something along those lines. And I caught myself before I hit send. And what I ended up texting was a much more appropriate comment of um, having a horrible day at work. Can't talk about it now. Um, and I'm sorry I'm not in the right headspace at the moment um, to, uh, to pick a color. And the beautiful thing about that was it let her know that I was struggling. And so she would be prepared to work with me to help me unpack the day when we got together at the end of the day. And it also served as a reminder because I was able to catch it was that even though I was feeling like my head was going to explode with the stress and, and thoughts that were filling my mind um, and worries and feeling horrible about everything that was going to be happening was that, that I have made this commitment. And even though I'm struggling at the moment that I can't forget that I made a commitment to, to lead um, that I can't forget that I need to do my, my maintenance on my lighthouse to be a light for her. So it was, it was a struggle. Um, I'm thankful that I didn't let my emotions rule the roost and hit send on a tweet that would have sent her rightfully so into a, an unhappy, unhappy state. And what ended up happening was she ended up choosing, I can still remember it. It was a, um, bright red color with um sparkles i'm i'm sorry i'm 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 kind of a boy when it comes to um to beauty products um i just remember her logic when she explained it to me and was showing it to me that evening was she wanted red to highlight our passion and our love and the sparkles to remind her and me when i saw them that i was her light so it was very well done on her part um, I was incredibly proud and also very, very happy that she chose to um, to be my partner while I struggled and understood that um, maybe some of the day-to-day -day decisions and choices I made, um, you know, it, it would be best. And, and she did a fantastic job of of giving me the the space to kind of move things from a what would I choose for her at this instance to here's what I'm choosing to do. I'm, I'm doing this based on, you know, the, the guidance that we've, we've done in the past and just wanted to keep you in the, in the loop and not kind of add to my decision decisions that were, were in my head because there were more important decisions that I was going to be having to make. And it was just, it was a great choice that she made. It was a lucky moment in my mind that I that I caught myself before I let myself go unfiltered. But it's important to remember that that dominance will reach kind of saturation points at various points in in a relationship. Uh, I refer to it as being decisioned out. 
where whatever is happening in life, the dominant has had to make so many decisions, so many choices that it can be overwhelming for them. Remember, dominants are human. We're not, uh, you know, we we might seem like a superhero to to our submissives at times, but we're human. And while we might, you know, we might have that Superman cape um, at times, life is going to hand us some kryptonite. And during those times of kryptonite, the submissive needs to to work with their dominant because when a dominant gets decisioned out, it can be very, very overwhelming to even make what I would call basic uh, DS decisions. And, and once again, just like submissives, dominants have to make the conscious choice and it's in its effort. I know during that time, it was a struggle for me to, to make just the basic choices. You know, one of the, one of the things that, um, that we would do would be, you know, with, um, the way she dressed every day, it wasn't that I was picking the outfit occasionally, you know, if we were going out to dinner or going out on a date, um, I loved to say, you know, I, you know, how about you wear this tonight? Um, something I love to do, but, um, on a daily basis, I would just sort of, I would pick a color. Um, and once again, the color would have some sort of tie in to something in our, our DS relationship. And, um, and that color, you know, it would be up to her to choose what, what it was, the item of clothing or, or whatever, you know, whatever it was that had that color in it and, and how it fit with what she had going on and what she needed to dress for. But it was just a matter of picking a color and even doing that. So very simple. It felt very hard for me to do, um, at that time because there was so much pressure, um, that I had put on myself and in my mind. But I also had to make the choice and understand that I had made commitments and I needed to honor those. And I couldn't allow the external pressures of life to impact the relationship. So while it does take a team, it does take dominant and submissive being partners when things get tough, it also does take individual choices and individual dedication to the relationship to uh to work through um some trying trying times so i believe i've gotten through everything that that has popped to my mind about chatting with ds and and actually in real life relationships i hope you've enjoyed this little series um i'd welcome anybody who wants to leave some feedback um if you're on Spotify mobile, there's a uh, little question that you can leave me some voice feedback um, or a poll question, which is just, you know, an A, B, C, or D answer. Quick and simple. I'd love your feedback. And if you listen on any other um, podcasting services, for example, you're on Google or Apple or, you know, any of the other other ones that are out there, um, feel free to scroll down to the bottom of the episode and shoot me a voice message and let me know what you thought. And as always, please don't forget to click the follow button so you uh, never miss an episode of the podcast. I thank you for the listen, and I look forward to chatting with you again real soon.